Welcome to Good Set Dude, episode four. Uh, this episode's with Tyler Curling from Emerald Beach and Pascal. This episode was recorded a couple days after we got home from a run of shows together, uh, and my voice is fairly shot. We talk about Emerald Beach's new music that they wrote in studio, which is a super interesting topic to me. And lastly, just a reminder to follow Good Set Dude on Instagram and email me at goodsetdude at gmail.com with any guest suggestions or questions or hate mail. Enjoy Tyler Curling. Yeah. Is that right? Yep. Yeah. I'm Word. in this one, you're in that one. Awesome. That's pretty that's pretty neat. I like it. I like it. So far this little contraption is doing me right. Cool. Let me know if you need to adjust it or anything. Yeah, I'll probably pull this closer. Sure. sure. Like this. Yeah, man. Well, thanks for doing this. Yeah, man. I appreciate it. No worries. Mm-hmm. We just got done playing a, a run of shows. That was a lot of fun. That was uh, that was our first. That was our first time out of state. I don't know what. It was you, our first time too. Yeah. Yep. You got how long had Paragon been around? So like, we'll we'll do it in segments. Like, yeah. how long was Paragon a band? Even mm-hmm. though it's the same band, uh, turning to. Emerald Beach now. Yeah. Depending on when this comes out. I think it will we'll base it around the release of mm-hmm. of your stuff. But so you had how long was it Paragon? Paragon Paragon started in a, like early 2018. Mm. So it's, we're pretty new. Gotcha. Um me and the bassist came from another band gotcha. together. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. So and the, you guys start playing shows like almost immediately we we started the bands and the band had been like a side project of mine for a while in my head but as soon as i actually started the project with mike leaving the previous band that we were in um we our first show was probably like three or four months after we formed gotcha yeah so yeah we kind of hit the ground running a little bit yeah because we started dead friends started with singles so it sounds like we started maybe roughly around the same time Mm mm-hmm but we didn't. We weren't playing shows that whole time. You mm-hmm. guys hit it pretty hard right off the bat. So I assume that you guys had been around for quite a while. But I guess when was our first show together? Um, it was definitely Canal Club. It was Canal Club. It was one of those touring uh, bills. Yeah, the Word Alive. We did the Word Alive together. That might have been the first one. Maybe because <clears throat> I think that might have been our second one with Mark, uh, promoter for aspire mm-hmm. um i'm newer to the music scene around here so mm-hmm. i just assumed based on you guys like live performance and everything you guys have been around for forever i'm so i'm actually surprised to find that out that's that's cool yeah it was really it was honestly really cool how it came together because we were all part of different projects and they all failed at around the same time so um that is just... yeah that is the way that it goes mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. trading members and and the dedicated people from different projects come into yeah mm-hmm. that's always not always obviously you've got bands like thrice and right they're the exact same lineup from the very from high school which mm-hmm. is unbelievably unfair in my opinion <laughs> to yeah have, yeah to have bands that are just crushing it from what 15 16 years old yeah nobody and- ever says like you know what i'm gonna start a family or a, you know there's mm-hmm. Gung ho all the way. They go through like the strain of being a local band together. Oh, man. It's super cool. Yep. 
there there's a documentary i believe it's a thrice documentary but it has footage of like their first show in high school the same dudes all the same guys playing the songs that they still play now mm-hmm. um phoenix, phoenix transmission i don't know people are gonna be mad but <laughs> that that song that they still play as like an encore now that they're mm-hmm. playing like 15 anyway That's crazy yeah so you guys decided to do like kind of a transition mm-hmm. which I'll, I'll let you explain how that's that's working for you now um but it's same lineup um are you gonna be playing the same songs at all yes gonna, yeah gotcha. uh, all the all the original material is going to transfer with the new name so that way we still got that trickle down yeah um the new material is different though uh, than the old material um, because I think the new material is like a full like blend of all of our inspirations together since they were re- written in studio. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay, so all of them were. Yes. All of them were yeah. in studio songs. All of them were in studio. Whereas you said Paragon started as kind of your mm-hmm. side project. Yeah, it kind of started as like that side project of like I wanted to have a band that was like a al- vibey alternative rock with like me at the front. Um, yeah. And it kind of evolved into something else over time. So I heard three, or is it the three songs, three singles? Yeah, we've, got, we've got three gotcha. singles. Gotcha. And so I heard the first one, the one that you played live, mm-hmm. that you sent me, which I thought was maybe heavier than the Paragon stuff, mm-hmm. even though you had told me previous, you were like, yeah, this is going to be a lot lighter. Mm-hmm. Um, but that song rips. That song is so oh, good. Thank you. I had that, had that melody stuck in my head the entire run of shows we did. So yeah, we can segue into that. I, yeah. I wanted to... Talk about the creation of that song. Mm-hmm. Tell me about how that came to be, how that, how your writing process worked. Um, so we went in the studio with these three singles, uh, completely blank slate. Um, usually the process is I demo out the songs in my studio and put it all together and make the full idea so that when I take it in the studio, it can be changed a little bit more to evolve it to something else. But this time it was like, we're going to go in blank slate and just kind of see what happens. Um and so that's literally like no riffs no no riffs nothing yeah that's terrifying yeah it was pretty <laughs> terrifying i was like this is going to test imagine. our metal as musicians yeah. for sure yeah um but i mean it was just it was just our environment we were in there we just we really enjoyed wor- working with will he's definitely like super strong to write with and he kind of gets us so yeah and just just for the listener will beasley has recorded everything we've done right mm-hmm. or both our bands yes yeah. he did all all three of our original singles he um was how I got connected with Christian. So I, mm-hmm. I say that he was like kind of the the crux of this entire band uh, yeah. starting. Uh, but yeah, we recorded all three singles with him, EP mm-hmm. um, last year, and then you guys did the same thing. Recorded the EP first, right? Yeah, the e- and then, we have we have a single before the EP that we went with Zach Jones for. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Yeah, but then we transitioned over to Will Beasley for the EP. Gotcha. Yeah, and I don't know a whole lot of people that have recorded with Will and then pieced out like it's yeah. it's kind of like <laughs> he's definitely a monster yeah for sure yeah um yeah i don't know it, it would be different we've had the conversation moving forward do we want to do more singles with him mm-hmm. um if if at any point we have like some kind of budget to record with our wildest dream producer like mm-hmm. will we do that now like it used to be in high school or right out of high school whatever like the that the first bands ever Whoever, you know, whoever did um, your favorite album is, like, your dream producer to work mm-hmm. with. Now, now we're a little bit older. You go into it thinking 
who gets our band the most. Yeah. Like who, I don't know what it, he, our stuff would be with a different producer. Like if they yeah. would try to put their taste on, I don't know. Or maybe but, they won't, they won't do anything at all and just like go off the demo. Yep. You never yep. know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which, yeah. Anyway, uh, Gabe, sorry. Yeah, I interrupted you're, you're, you're good. You're yeah. good. <laughs> um, yeah. So take away the first one. Um, mm-hmm. So the three singles connect. Okay. Um, they're all, they're all connected together in, in one overarching idea. Um, the first song is is heavier because we we wanted to have that transitional song into the new style, which is the other two singles are in. Gotcha. Um, so that you know, I felt like we really wanted to just have that one heavy song that we always wanted to write, and uh, so we went in for that one. Takeaway is kind of like about the perspective of the artist against the industry, subject matter wise. Yeah, right? gotcha. That's uh, typically what that one's about. All four of us kind of like were really passionate about the previous projects we were in and they all kind of fell apart and like made us question whether or not we wanted to continue music at all and I feel that yeah yeah, yeah it was like you put so much effort into it and it just gets like yeah it just falls apart mm-hmm. and when it finally falls apart you're like man like i i've put so much of my my mental health in this like is it even worth continuing so i felt like all four of us channeled that inner energy from that and put it into takeaway and uh it's definitely fulfilling yeah. because it's like it was it's just cool that we were able to come together like that and make something out of out of that out of our previous frustrations and like just be like all right we're good like yeah 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 that's that is i can identify with that completely because that's how our first three singles were not really knowing what the genre was going to be necessarily but it came out real angsty mm-hmm. because that's how what you're talking about yeah that feeling and going through like am i what, what am i doing mm-hmm. what is this yeah like, i wouldn't be able to write like a sweet acoustic song <laughs> about that you know right. me personally like mm-hmm. i'm just i'm gonna need to scream about that because yeah. that's yeah it's heartbreaking um it is it's, it's a so strain. yeah yeah so you had the takeaway mm-hmm. that you played on this this run yeah um when, when does that come out we're waiting on the music video currently. We just oh, got nice. we just got the first draft in. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. And that's I mean, that's the the way to do it nowadays mm-hmm. is that give a visual and audio yeah representation of your idea at the mm-hmm. same time. Yeah, that's all great. singles that we're putting out from here on are going to have visuals. I yeah, that's the plan. That's so. yeah. Mm-hmm. Kind of have to. Yeah, I don't know. Did, have we talked about Don Broco? Are you familiar with them? At yes, all? I love them. Just that. It started as a guilty pleasure. Mm-hmm. Somebody showed me <laughs> there. Somebody showed me the everybody video. Yeah, with the cowboy. And I was like, "What? No, no, thank you." Like, there's <laughs> there's like a spoken word rap thing in the middle of that song, and I'm, and then like two days later, it's stuck in your head. I, I cannot get the song out of my head. Mm-hmm. I went from listening to it ironically. Listen to this. It's crazy. These British guys like rapping. I don't know what they're doing. Uh, to non-ironically to looking up their entire previous catalog the priorities album all that stuff mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. and then the whole year singles and videos for every single song right it's just like well they're setting the standard for now what like you have to have a visual now they really are yeah. and i think it's cool that their visuals are just so out of the box mm-hmm. and interesting and they want yeah, they, some tim and eric like what are yeah, they doing? Like, like it doesn't even make sense terminator like <laughs> robo fight thing yep. like but it's cool it's like it keeps your attention and it's mm-hmm. like oh man like this band's doing something fun that i want to watch yep yep so. they're clearly having a good time yeah um you mentioned the songs connecting what mm-hmm. how how does that work for you so 
we learned a lot coming out of middle ground about the evils of the internet algorithms. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, it's even just the name, your name itself, like the, yeah, just the battling with, what was it? A Norwegian black metal band. There's a, there's a speed metal band in, uh, I think it's Berlin and they're, they're, they're from like the nineties. And, uh, so you have no chance. That'd be like yeah. calling yourself Foo Fighters. At right. This point. <laughs> right. Exactly. But, um, they went on hiatus in like 2007 and we're like, okay, so like they're not playing anymore. Like they're done, whatever. And then they resurfaced this year with a new album and headlining festivals. And like people were starting to come out to our shows thinking that we were there. <laughs> Congratulating you on your headlines. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then they would, uh, it, it, our shows would actually get like on their Spotify pick. So mm-hmm. they know we're real. Yeah. So yeah, but it, it's pretty scary. But yeah, the so the social media algorithm just like like we put out content. We're like, oh man, like we're really stoked for this content. Like this is exactly what we want, mm-hmm. and it looks great. And then you put it out at the wrong time, and nobody sees it. Yeah. And it's like, oh, why do I have to pay even more money than like the thousands of dollars I've dumped it into this thing? Yeah. Even putting it out like the same time as like the Star Wars trailer. Or yeah. Something, like. Something that everybody wants to see, mm-hmm. and then yours just gets yeah. flushed. Like, and yeah. posting it at like two fifty as compared to three twenty. Yeah, like dude, it's disgusting. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, and I'm like, I got a job. Like, I can't. Yeah. I don't get out of work till three thirty. So like, and I have no service. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it's I'm, just. Yep, I'm yeah. taking my midday dump at three twenty exactly, so that I can yeah manipulate the algorithm. Yeah, yeah it's ridiculous, yeah. and I think it's sad that like it even plagues like personal account users who are like who use the platform they're like punishing the people that actually support their platform Mm -hmm. for the sake of like pushing ads for some random company that dropped them like five grand right so it's like it's not fair so we've been we were really frustrated about that and uh we've been like hardcore researching how to get our stuff seen Mm -hmm. and it's like the whole time i'm sitting here i'm like why do i have to do this like if the content's good why can't my people why can't my fan base see it so it's like we wrote these three singles uh, as a middle finger to that. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, the the song titles connect into a sentence. Hmm. Um, yeah, it's just... And, and we wrote... But we wrote the songs in in the way that they can be playlisted the most. So they were written gotcha. to go with the algorithm. But at the same time, we're like, yeah, fuck the yeah. algorithm. Yeah. So it's like... Can I, can I curse? Yeah. Okay. Um, the, uh, yeah. So ideally, it'll get out there mm-hmm. and then everybody that hears it We'll know how you feel about the fact that mm-hmm. up until now it's been hard to get it out there. Like mm-hmm. that's yeah, yeah, yep. And and you know it's it's feels really good to do that. It's like <laughs> absolutely, yeah, yeah. Um, and then we you know of course the songs are also disguised in more superficial ways too. So it's like it can it can still be relatable for someone who's like breaking up or like for mm-hmm. someone who's like you know going through something. It can still be relatable to them for that. It's not like just purely like yeah, social media like right. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you you love them as mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. Like that you know what I mean? Like that's the the ground level. You know, if you don't have that foundation of like man, we love what we're playing. Mm-hmm. There were so many bands. Um, I grew up in Dallas. Bands that right around the the boom of like drive through records and equal vision like mm-hmm. early 2000s mid 2000s maybe um they were just changing their style to whatever a, a lot like what you're talking about mm-hmm. but minus the foundation of yeah just loving it, what you're playing doing it just so that you can get it out to people yeah yeah and i'm i'm reluctant to drop names i will well screw it um so there was a band called the flip side okay from dallas okay um we played shows with them every once in a while um and they were always kind of on the cusp of like, like direct support for the show or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, 
not a headlining local band, but they were doing pretty well. They disappeared for a little bit, and then this new band, Forever the Sickest Kids, comes out. Okay. And it's the dudes from the flip side. Mm-hmm. And now they're playing, like, bubblegum pop, and it was crazy. It was mm-hmm. crazy. Like, they looked like they were having a really good time, but a year and a half, maybe a couple, few years in, mm-hmm. headlining shows isn't nearly as fun, because when they get up there, they're like, if I have to sing about Hey Britney one more time, like, it just, they, they weren't having a good time. Right. And one of their, one of their guys... um, was having a smoke behind the the stage one night at an outdoor festival, mm-hmm. and a mom and her daughter walked by, and the mom saw him smoking and flipped out on him about how like he has a reputation to uphold and you guys are Disney like uh, on yeah. Disney Channel you gotta you know all this kind of stuff anyway I I think it comes back to bite you in the ass no matter what yeah. like not loving. And I don't even have any grounds to say that. Maybe they did love what they were playing, but I know that they started as like a seven piece, mm-hmm. and at the end they were a three piece yeah. with heavy tracks <laughs> because yeah. the dudes were just just flaking, not flaking, but bailing on the. Yeah. Anyway, it wasn't fulfilling. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's uh, going in the studio, being like, "All right, what do I care the most about? Super Soaker commercials? Let's do it!" Mm. Like, <laughs> and that's what they did. They had All like, right. I'm sure they were making money. Yeah. Okay, so. Back to the creation of take take away take away, take away sorry take away, yeah um, so you went in the studio with absolutely nothing and walk me through that because that's my worst nightmare going in the studio unprepared mm-hmm. scares me to death not that you weren't unprepared but yeah yeah I, I over prepare come in with options mm-hmm. can't even wrap my head around being like I trust I trust the process yeah like so yeah walk me through it was. That. The okay, so I remember I do remember that the two weeks before we were going in, I just felt so wrong. I was yeah. like, Oh my god, I have nothing. Like I every time I've gone in the studio I've had fully fleshed out EPs like like instrumentals and vocals on a track. Mm-hmm. And uh, even like like samples to be like carried into the actual yeah. final product. Same. Yep. And it's like going in, I was like, Oh man, like I'm just we're gonna go in and we're gonna crash and burn and we're gonna waste all this money and then that's gonna be it. And uh but I mean, the more I hung out with like Cliff and like Matthew and, and Mike, we were just like, I could definitely start to feel that swell of like, okay, this might actually be something cool. Cause like, we're just like, we started coming up with the actual concept of it. Um, and, uh, the whole like thing, I was like, whoa, these songs might actually turn out really cool. So going in with the actual concept in my brain already, we were able to play off that and build something from that in the studio. Okay. So when you say the concept of the song. Yeah. The, the whole like algorithms thing. Gotcha. Just yeah. the premise that you wanted to get across. Mm-hmm. So you haven't even touched the music aspect. Not at now all. you're just, or what's the, the vibe? Yeah. What's the, what mm-hmm. message are we trying to get? That's yeah. And mm-hmm. that's kind of where you should start. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So at least we had that down, went into the studio and then, um, sat down with Will and we were like, Hey, check it out. Like we're trying to do something kind of like this. And then, so then from there on the first day we, uh, we spent like two or three hours just like listening to music. So um, we were just like, what have you been jamming lately? And then we were playing stuff like, it was wild. We started with like, like Emerosa and then we, the new Emerosa. Yeah. And then we went into From Indian Lakes because that's like my favorite band. Oh, and nice. then, um, and then we started listening to like seventies disco and funk. Okay. We were just, I don't know why <laughs> we just went down that rabbit hole. And, uh, and then I was like, I kind of feel good about this. And then we wrote the first song. Uh, we wrote the, well, I guess we wrote the third single first. Okay. And, uh, 
it was so different from everything that we've ever done. I was actually intimidated. I was scared. Yeah. I was like, oh my God, like, is this really what I want to be as, as a band? Like, and the more like we kept going in the studio and vibing out with like all of our members and it was like every day was like a party. And, um, I was like, you know what? Like it may not be like what a hundred percent, like a hundred percent what I want, but it's a hundred percent what we as a group band yeah. want. And then I, I learned that lesson. Like, Music doesn't have to be entirely what you want. It's just right. it, it comes it comes to life around you, and then you just have to accept it. Yep, that's collaborating mm-hmm. is it is an intimidating yeah principle, especially like you said, coming from Paragon being your like side project, like your thing, mm-hmm. and you had done the majority of the writing in that whole thing, right? And yeah, that, but but you can't argue with it being organic like Mm -hmm. that that's gonna be you like Mm -hmm. even if yeah if it's not a choice that you would have made if you had had a month to write a song or whatever Mm -hmm. just like just me yeah yeah, but you can't argue with the fact that everybody's like that's that's where our hands went that's where the beat went like Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. and that's super cool that's exciting Mm -hmm. i'm really looking for well i guess i did i heard all the were those the the final versions yeah yeah we played them in the van before the last last show on the tour yeah that is gonna that's awesome Right yeah, I want to. I want to try to make sure that we have all these singles like fully prepared, so that yeah. we don't, I'm not stressing about like dropping things on time because you know the algorithm. Yeah. So. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. That's um. It's obnoxious. Mm-hmm. That that whole thing trying to line up your your passion with the matrix. Yeah. What What is it like? Yeah. Like, I mean. Yeah. Yeah. So the so, yeah. I'm I'm, still trying to kind of wrap my head around because it's still foreign to me going into the studio you said you, like listening to like influences and in, in your favorite bands and stuff like that mm-hmm. um and then what was the point between that and like okay let's try this mm-hmm. you know what i mean like what was where was that part were you all in like different rooms working on riffs and beats or mm-hmm. it was all in the main room um it was the first day there it was me uh cliff and will and uh, Cliff was there for the whole week with me. We stayed gotcha. there for a week. Um, and Cliff was like, I want us to be more in the pocket. And I was like, all right, yeah, I agree. Um, I don't want to keep doing these crazy rock crazy rock pockets all the time. Like, let's have something that grooves. Yeah. And um, so we sat down and, you know, we listened to all this music. Cliff put his music in there, too. We were listening to, like, Prince and, like, like Michael Jackson and stuff. Yeah. And uh, gospel as well, because he's from a gospel background. And... Uh, we were just sitting there and then finally I was like, I felt like we felt like the vibe and it was like, all right, it's time to get started. And we just like, we sat there, we, uh, we sampled everything out. Uh, like we took the drum beat, we made like a basic beat, like from splice and we just kind of built out the beat with like, you know, drum hits and stuff before we actually tracked live drums. And the process this time was drums were actually last. Yeah. 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 That's how, that's how we've done it, Mm -hmm. which is very exciting because then yeah. Anything can change at any time. Yep. You're not married to... Mm-hmm. Yeah, even like the length of a segment or yeah. whatever, you can just... Just like, yeah, I'm not really feeling this anymore. Yeah. We did, and we changed it up too. We spent a lot of time on on, on just making sure everything fits together perfectly. And uh, yeah, I mean, it was just, it was a whole nother process I hadn't been familiar with, I hadn't experienced, and it completely changed my outlook on music. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, still. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, So the closest um, on the CP that we did with Will... It didn't even come close to that, really. But I had uh, a flow of the song, 
kind of the the moods I wanted to hit in the song, mm -hmm. and a verse and a chorus, musically. Mm -hmm. And then I had lyrics to the verse, and then like a bunch of auxiliary lyrics that were saying what I wanted to say, yeah. but not. I didn't have syllables lined mm -hmm. up. I didn't have a melody or anything. And I think we started with that song, put it aside, came back two days later, put it aside, mm -hmm. and it was consistently that way i think until the last day but it was still it it, it felt or mm, i don't even know if it felt organic really because mm. it was all pieces yeah and that was the closest i could let myself come to mm -hmm. let's write in the studio yeah because i was still like no, no well let's see what will has to say about this right but i, I have a contingency mm -hmm. you know what i mean like i i have a version of the song in mind and it it came out I think everybody's really proud of it. It's like mm -hmm. it's the last song on our EP, mm -hmm. um, but it's yeah. I still feel like I was like pulling back from the organic writing thing because I I had a lot of um, plans, you know. Like I I didn't want to get down to the last couple of days in the studio and be like, well, we didn't quite finish it mm -hmm. because I wasn't prepared or whatever. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But that's awesome. Like just the concept of creating it together. And yeah. That's super cool. It was it was collaborative all the way to the lyrics too. I mean, like, oh yeah, yeah. I mean, we after we we spend a whole day on one song, and then we'll be like, all right, cool. So the song's fleshed out. I'm gonna go home. I'm like, all right, bet. So then, me and the guys would just me and Cliff would just hang out, and I was just like, I just listened to it, and I'd write, write the lyrics at night when everybody was asleep. So it was like kind of worked out really yeah. cool. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Once again, I need. <laughs> I feel like I need like time to sleep on. Even like a verse. Mm -hmm. Is that how I want to say that? Is that what I want to do? And then every once in a while it'll come easily. Mm -hmm. But trust, I, I guess I don't trust myself enough. <laughs> I, I mean, going in and just being like, yeah. It's almost I like. I can do it. I can do it in a week. Like, how, how long did you guys get? A week. A week. A week for three songs. Oh, man. It was definitely a I'd lot of work. I'd be so stressed. It was a lot of work. <laughs> well, like, I was, it was stressful get, coming up to it, but when we, once we actually got in the process, I was like, yo, this is my element. Like, yeah, well, yeah. And I just kind of, like, was like, I'm just going to let these songs lead me. And I just kind of let go. And it was, it was cool. It was just like, when I let go, it was like, all the, all the writer's block I had experienced before was, was just gone. And I was like, it's just flow. And I was mm -hmm. like, wow, okay, so this is a better way to write for sure. And it just kind of all happened. Yeah. Yeah. I hope I grow the balls to do that one day. <laughs> I, I definitely, I, I recommend to try it for sure. Yeah. It's it's just rewires your brain and yeah, like you, sure. you, you changes the way you write. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. So the, another thing that I want to talk about, mm -hmm. I'm trying to make it kind of a segment. Got you. Um, I sent you the video. Mm -hmm. um, in the first episode that I recorded, we actually watched the video which was just super boring to listen to. So I sent it to you ahead of time. Yep. And if you're listening to this um, and you want to know what we're talking about, the video will be on um, our Instagram. So that'll be available to watch. So if you pause this and go watch that video, you'll know what we're talking about. Um, what it is, is there's a Coachella DVD that came out 03, 04, somewhere mm -hmm. in there. And hidden in this DVD amid all of these interviews with enormous people, Tom York and all these people that are at Coachella, there is a dual interview. I didn't edit it at all. This mm -hmm. is how it was on the DVD. Yeah. Noel Gallagher and Saul Williams. 
and the video goes back and forth between the two of them. It's clear that whoever is doing the interview asked them um, about the responsibility of the artist or the the performer to um, use their platform to preach, mm-hmm. uh, for lack of a better word. Mm-hmm. And it goes back and forth. And Saul Williams is saying, you have to. It's your responsibility as an artist mm-hmm. to say something and to let people know about injustices and all that kind of stuff. Then Noel Gallagher says, people don't go to concerts to be preached to. It's an escape. It's wishful thinking to, mm-hmm. you know, um, to say that we're making any kind of difference. And I saw that video years and years ago when I when I came uh, across that DVD, and it stuck with me the whole time. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I, I want to know everyone, every musician that I ever meet. And it's not like a conversation thing that you say mm-hmm. in the middle of a show or whatever. You know, it's not like, hey, can I show you this video? And also, what are your deep thoughts on this or whatever? <laughs> but now, starting this podcast, like, I was like, yeah, that's definitely something I want everyone's point of view on. So yeah, the the responsibility of the musician or the artist, are we here to entertain and give people uh, an escape or do we have to like say something? It's kind of the the platform. I don't really think we have to do anything, but <clears throat> I definitely I'm kind of I'm kind of with the guy from Oasis standpoint a little bit. I I kind of firmly believe in mus- music being a form of escapism from life. Um, but at the same time, I also see Saul's point as well, um, where if you have the platform, why not try to make a difference? Yep. But I think people get too reckless with it. Absolutely. You should, if you're going to have a stand or make, if you're going to make a strong stand, um, where people might oppose your stand, you should definitely do the research to make sure you're seeing all the <laughs> that's, sides. That's like, <clears throat> seems so elementary, but yeah. I, I know so many people they get up there and just start preaching just, about something yeah. and you're like hey man you have no idea what you're talking about right and then <laughs> you, like that's how you ruin yourself yep mm-hmm. yep especially now like mm-hmm. what was the um in the midst of the the me too movement ben affleck yeah came out on twitter saying uh something about like yeah hollywood you need to do better and then some like mtv reporter just responded with a video of him like being super weird and gross and gropey on like an MTV interview. It's like, Hey man, did you forget about that? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Doing the research. Yeah. I agree. Is yeah. like, and, and I don't know, I don't know where I stand necessarily still. Like I, that's kind of one of the reasons I, I want to bring it up to people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In that, in that video, right after Noel, Noel Gallagher says, uh, people don't want to have the news read to them. And then it cuts directly to Saul Williams with yeah. that sheet of paper, just like reading off the reading, news. <laughs> yeah, reading, yeah, what looks like, uh, yeah, headlines. Mm-hmm. Um, to take a hard stance either way, to say, no, 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 Benny Benassi needs to say something. You know, he needs to preach something. Mm-hmm. Is like, no, he doesn't. He yeah. just just play satisfaction, and everybody will be satisfied. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yep. Everybody will be on Molly, and it'll be great. Yeah. Everybody's going to have a good time. And then you've got, like, Rage Against the Machine. Like, I I love a lot of their music, but I don't know what they would be sans standing for something. Mm-hmm. Like, sans raging. It's kind, you know of, I mean? it's kind of like a brand. You yeah. decide well, yeah. what what you want to do if you want to be that band that does that. I guess it boils down to the type of person you are. Yeah. Um, but I think it goes it goes both ways. I mean... I don't necessarily want to 
make a stand for anything right now because I want to the music I put out I want it to just like be escapism and be like put people in a good vibe yeah. a good mind state that's all I really want out of it um, and then you know your other guys can be like I really don't agree with this situation I want to do something about it so and that's fair yep. too go yep. go ahead yep and there I mean that's the other thing is mm-hmm. a number of like Christian bands where the front man has something to say mm-hmm. wants to wants to literally preach and then half of the individuals in the band don't stand for that yeah like i said like that's true for the sickest kids a couple of those dudes aren't probably super thrilled to be on nickelodeon or disney channel or whatever so Mm -hmm. let him have his cigarette behind the stage yeah people assume that whatever the front man's saying Mm -hmm. yeah the bass player must also agree with that which is like now you're talking about committing to something way beyond just playing music enjoy having a passion for music Mm -hmm. which is unfair that's (laughs) yeah I don't I guess there are people that got into music to let the world know about injustices. Mm-hmm. But that seemed I don't know. Bono like did he start because he wanted to be a philanthropist or did he start I don't know for the love of music or whatever. I don't know. Yeah. I mean he could he could have evolved into it maybe maybe yeah. he felt so passionate about it that well, he yeah. needed to preach about it. Yeah. And we we don't need to get into whole political thing yeah. but like at some point when enough people tell you that you're worth something and you start to believe it, then you're like, I got to go tell people how to live, Mm -hmm. which is also like, Hey man, you're just a human being. Like a lot of people like your art Mm -hmm. doesn't mean we want to hear what you have to say about anything. (laughs) It's like, there's so many variables. It's like, I mean, I can respect a person who, who stands strong for their beliefs, but also at the same time, you got to be careful and to not be too like arrogant about it. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. Because yep. then that that's also like you have you really have to question yourself the entire time you're doing that to yep. make sure you're really standing for a, a something that's good. Mm-hmm. Yep, you got the uh, the quote: "True wisdom is understanding that you know nothing." Mm-hmm. And then it's also been said: "You can tell how full of shit somebody is by how sure they are of themselves." Like, mm-hmm. yeah, no, I know the answer. I know the answer to what you're talking about. Do that's, you? Because there's so many variables. It's like also, it's kind of close-minded too. Yeah. Yeah. It variables to everything mm-hmm. um so yeah i think we 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 locked that down yeah we solved that we nailed that one right there <laughs> um I, d- I definitely want to talk about um pascal okay is that yeah. how you pronounce that mm-hmm. i assume you're just a big mandalorian fan which is why you named it no actually <laughs> um pascal uh i don't know it was weird it was just like like, it just, like, kept saying that in my head. I was like, Pascal. Like, it's got to be Pascal. And I was like, I don't really, don't really know why. Another just organic. Yeah. Like, dude, that's and commendable. It, yeah. Just, yeah. And it was weird. It was like, okay, so that's kind of like, isn't that like the law of, like, a pressure on a liquid or something? Is it really? Yeah. It's like when you cut a hole in the bottom of a, of a bottle, it, it'll shoot out faster than if you cut a hole at the top of the bottle. Huh. Yeah. yeah okay. Um, or a thumb on a hose, mm-hmm, whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. It's just like, it's just kind of what how I felt when I was writing these lo-fi beats and these just random beats. Pascal's kind of a weird project. It's like everything I want to do that's not rock. Yeah. So Pascal... Uh, Persona 5 quotes. Yeah. Just, uh, yeah, because I love anime <laughs> yeah. a ton. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, it was, it's a lo-fi. It started, it's lo-fi right now, but I'm planning on evolving into writing more more mainstream style beats like like stuff that like drake would be on or like stuff that oh like, nice okay. yeah i'm hoping that it can kind of be like a collab thing where it's like it's it's pascal featuring specific artist nice and uh 
I'm hoping that I can also use it to uh, to like you know be a ghostwriter yeah. as well. That that is yeah mm-hmm. a, a dream that I've also had is mm-hmm. like at what point do you gain the creative credibility to have people come to you and be like hey I love your style mm-hmm. specifically mm-hmm. create something for me and be yeah yeah it's almost like being a producer you just shop out your music it's like I really think that this beat has a I mean, let's let's just shoot for the stars for a second. Let's say that I really think this beat is super high quality and it sounds like something Post could be on. Yeah. So I'm just going to shoot it towards Post Manager and see if he bites. If mm-hmm. he doesn't bite, which he probably won't, but it's it's a shot. And mm-hmm. I mean, you can almost set up a shop for it. Yeah. Uh, and it's it's really it's really natural for me to write these. Like I just I just kind of spit them out. So it's it's perfect. It's a good it's a good outlet. It keeps my my artist palette like wide so that I can continue to gain influence from different places to put back yeah. into yeah uh, Emerald Beach slightly disappointed that there were no vocals on it but mm-hmm. I get it now yeah there will like, be I get... <laughs> there will be vocals on but it. like yeah when I got halfway through I think the second song and I was like oh he's not gonna sing on this <laughs> all right well <laughs> but it's yeah. but it is it's a pure vibe mm-hmm. and I was driving here on mm-hmm. the way here just listening to it like okay I feel it mm-hmm. like it's just five minutes of, of a mind state, and then you yeah. can just move on to something else. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's very cool. I like a lot. This has been fun. Mm-hmm. A lot of fun. I, uh, last thing. Uh, I asked someone uh, for a question for you. Okay. Uh, how many bit of honeys is too many? <laughs> <laughs> That's a fun story. Well, yeah. <laughs> it's not enough. It. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I'll, I'll go ahead and tell that story. So when we were, uh, when we were in in the studio with Will for, uh, uh, middle grounds. We, we, we just like, all right, we're just going to have a bunch of candy, whatever. So we got a bunch, I guess Mike was like, yo, I just grabbed a huge bag, a bit of honeys. And I was like, all right, sick. <laughs> and, uh, we left it in the studio like overnight cause we were sleeping like in the bunks that were in that studio. Right. Yep. And, uh, we left it in the actual studio room where Will was still chilling. He slept in there one night and, uh, we came back and the next morning he comes up. He goes, "Bro, I'm, I'm so sorry." I'm like, "What are you talking about?" He said, "Dude, last night I just like I ate all your bittle honeys, <laughs> I ate all of them." It's like there's like sixty in that bag, bro. Are you good? Like <laughs> he just downed an entire a whole bag in one night. He was like, "I just started and I couldn't stop." So at the end of the session, we gifted him a whole like big tin teddy bear of bittle honeys. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> Did he figure out? The answer to that question: How many was too many? There's, there's no such thing as too many bad okay. bunnies. Okay. Yeah, there's no such thing. Um, I'm gonna do a follow up. Okay. Because we got a few minutes. All right. Uh, <laughs> well, he. Uh, this is Will was sending the questions. I don't yeah, know if that yeah. was obvious at this point. <laughs> Will Beasley's questions for you. So he he asked, "Who is El Diablo?" Which I already know the answer to that because we talked about it. Uh, during this run of shows. El Diablo. Um, so, uh, El Diablo is, it turned into the thing that we say when you, when you do a fart. When you, do, <laughs> when you, when you create a fart. When you create one. But, um, <laughs> yeah, there was this homeless dude uh, at the studio, uh, the studio, uh, that the new studio that we did three at. Gotcha. Um, In Richmond. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, he, he like, he smelled so bad. You could smell him like a block away. You knew he was there before you saw him. <laughs> And uh, he kept like bothering us. He was like, he was, he'd be like, "Yo, your drummer sucks. I can play better." And like, <laughs> he's just, like coming at us. At and, some point, you gotta get him in there. Yeah, see. we were like, "Man, let's get him on a track, man." But I don't know. I I guess at some point, I nicknamed him El Diablo. Uh, I, 
he had a ton <laughs> ton of tattoos. He looked, he's yeah, he, El Diablo was his name, and uh, it just kind of stuck. Again, naming things organically, yeah, and just flowed through. Just you. do it, yeah, just, just get out there and do it. Um, and now it's like every time you know, now we just reference to anything you do to smell up a vehicle or smell up a thing with people. It's a like, small quarters, yeah. yeah, it's El it's El Diabloing. That's yeah. So yeah, use that if you're listening to this. Yeah, that let's get that you just, started. You just El Diabloed. <laughs> All right, man. Well, I appreciate it. Um, yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, this is this is gonna be this is gonna be a good one. <laughs>